How's everybody doing? All right. Very good. We're going to be talking tonight, Old New Testament. We're going to be talking about healing. And uh, we're going to do this a little different tonight, and you'll see as we, we uh, go along than what we have in times past, but uh, I think you're going to enjoy it. And uh, I believe that faith is going to come into your hearts. I believe you're going to learn how to uh, use your faith tonight. We'd like to start in Exodus chapter 15, verse 26, where God says, For I am the Lord who heals you. Uh, other translations say it, I'm the Lord your healer. I'm your physician. I, Jehovah, am healing you. Now, what I find exceptionally interesting about this particular verse is when God says, I'm the Lord that healeth you, he's using one of seven compound redemptive names that he has. It's, here's Jehovah Rapha. Um, it also uses a compound name. It says he's our righteousness, our peace, our victory, our shepherd, that he's ever present. But God identifies himself and basically says, this is who I am. This is my name. I am the Lord your healer. Psalms 103, verse 2. Bless the Lord, O my soul, forget not all his benefits, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases. I mean, that, that is God's plan. That's God's will for him to forgive all your iniquities and for him to heal all your diseases. In Isaiah 53, we find Isaiah literally 701 years before Jesus was born. He kind of looks down a prophetic telescope and he sees Jesus go to the cross. And he, he writes down what's happening in the spiritual realm as Jesus goes to the cross. And he says, surely he's borne our griefs, King James, carried our sorrows. Yet we esteemed him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. He was wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and by his stripes were healed. Now, notice verse 4 says that he has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows. That's King James. Um, the translators actually kind of backed off when they, they saw what was in the original Hebrew. I've got a couple of their translations, and then we're going to let the Holy... How many you know the Holy Spirit always knows how to translate stuff? So we'll let him do it. All right, but Ross' translation says, yet surely our sicknesses he carried. And as for our pains, he bare the burden of them. Basic English, but it was our pain that he took. And our diseases were put on him, N-E-T. But he lifted up our illnesses and he carried our pains. Now, interestingly, this verse is quoted in the New Testament, right? And remember, in your King James Bible, it talks about his taking our burdens, our griefs, our sorrows. But translated in the New Testament by the Holy Spirit, it says, Matthew chapter 6, when evening had come, they brought him many who were demon-possessed. He cast out the Spirit with the word. He healed all who were sick, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet. Isaiah 53, 4. Himself took our infirmities and bore our sicknesses. 
So, so here we find Jesus in his redemptive work at the cross. And at the cross, we all know that he took our sin, but the Bible says he took our infirmities and he bore our sicknesses. When Jesus sent out the 12 disciples, the Bible says he gave them power and authority over demons to cure diseases. And he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. He sent out the 70. This is in Luke 10. After these things, the Lord appointed 70 others also and sent them two by two before his face to enter every city, every place where he was about to go and heal the sick there and say to them, the kingdom of God has come near you. And of course, when he sent out the church, he said, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. And of course, James 5, is any among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church. Let them pray over him, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. The prayer of faith will save the sick. The Lord will raise him up. Now, I want to make a little point here. It says, lay hands on the sick and they will recover. It says to anoint them with oil and the Lord will raise them up. Most of the time, what we want is not a healing. We want a miracle. We want something instantaneous. Right? But the Bible says they will recover. The Lord will raise them up. In other words, at some point, there will begin to, they will begin to amend and will continue amending. Acts 10.38, how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. He went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. So, so often in the church world, you hear people say, well, God gave me this sickness, God gave me that sickness. But the Bible says that every single person that Jesus healed, ultimately, it came back to demonic oppression. In other words, if you were to trace that sickness back to its roots, it's demonic. It's not something from God. It's something that Satan brought into the world. And we we talked a little bit about that even this morning. Sickness is a power, an instrument of the devil, not something of God. So Luke 10, Jesus said, behold, I give you authority to trample on serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt or harm you. Now, when it's talking here about serpents and scorpions, it's talking about Satan and demon power. And Jesus said, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. Now, the difference between authority and power can maybe be illustrated like this. If you get a semi-truck that weighs 35,000 pounds going down the highway at 65 miles an hour, there is a lot of power. But a police officer stands up in front of it, let's say a policewoman, weighs 130 pounds, and she puts up her hand. Now, how many of you know she does not have the power to stop the semi but she has the authority to stop the semi. And Jesus said, I give you authority over all the power of the enemy. Anything that he comes with to kill, steal, and destroy, Jesus said, I give you authority over that. And again, we talked a little bit this morning, Colossians 1. He has delivered us from the power or the kingdom of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love. So literally, what God the Father has done through Christ is he's taken us out from under Satan's domain and kingdom. Jesus' message is, 
God's kingdom is here. Rethink your life. Right? When you become a Christian, you can become a part of his kingdom. He translates you out of the kingdom of darkness and puts you, conveys you into the kingdom of the son of his love. In anything that is part of the kingdom of darkness, if it's in your life, if Satan brings it, it's trespassing. It does not belong there. Right? Now, you know he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. He knows he doesn't have a legal right, but he will try and try and try. And if we let him, he'll just keep coming. Right? We've got to stop him. That's why Jesus said, I give you authority. That's why the Bible says the kingdom of God suffereth violence. The violent take it by force. One translation says they push their way in. You've got to go in and take what legally belongs to you spiritually. Again, Jordan's translation, it was the father who sprang us from the jailhouse of darkness and turned us loose into the new world of his beloved son. I like that when it says he turned us loose into the, into the kingdom of God, into the kingdom of his beloved son. He's like saying, look, there is so much in the kingdom, you can never get everything I've got for you. Right? Never get it all. Right? Uh, living Bible, for he rescued us out of the darkness and gloom of Satan's kingdom and brought us into the kingdom of his dear son. Now, we're going to do something tonight a little bit different. We're going to make a confession together. Confession number one. Now, have you repeat this after I say it? Everybody's going to say it. Satan, you cannot bind me with sickness. I've been delivered from your domain. I've been translated into the kingdom of the Son of God. Sickness is ungodly. Sickness is of the devil. Satan, you can't put this on me. Who do you think you are? You are a defeated foe. Jesus stripped you of your authority over me. You can't do this to me. I resist you in Jesus' name. I'm delivered. I'm free. I'm loosed. No longer fettered. I'm rid of my infirmity. Bondage is at an end. In Jesus' name. All right. Luke chapter 13. Jesus is teaching in one of the synagogues, and behold, there was a woman who had a spirit of infirmity for 18 years. She was bent over and could no way raise herself up. When Jesus saw, he saw her, he called her to himself and he said, Woman, you're loosed of your infirmity. He laid his hands on her and immediately she was made straight and glorified God. But the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation because Jesus healed on the Sabbath. And he said to the crowd, There's six days in which men ought to work. Therefore, come and be healed on them and not on the Sabbath. The Lord then answered him and said, Hypocrite, doesn't each one of you on the Sabbath day loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead it away to water? Ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, think of it for 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath? Now, when Jesus saw her, he said, this is the reason that she's, first of all, notice what he said, ought not this woman? be made well. Should she or shouldn't she? Yeah, yes. The answer is yes. She should be made well. You say, why? Because healing belongs to her. And Jesus tells us why. He says, because she's a daughter of Abraham. She is part 
of the covenant. See, God made promises to Abraham. And part of it is healing. Galatians 3.13 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it's written, curses everyone that hangs on a tree. Verse 14, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles in Christ Jesus. Right? That the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles. So God wants that blessing to come on you. A Gentile is a non-Jewish person. Galatians 3.29, if you are Christ, how many are? Then are you Abraham's seed. Right? Now, she should be healed. Why? Because she's Abraham's seed. And if you're Christ, you are Abraham's seed. And it says, and heirs according to the promise. That same promise that Abraham had that will pass down to that woman, it belongs to you if you're in Christ. She ought to be healed because she's a daughter of Abraham. You ought to be healed because you're in Christ. And if you're Christ, then are you Abraham's seed. You're a son of Abraham. You're a daughter of Abraham. As sure as healing belonged to her and she ought to be healed, you ought to be healed and healing belongs to you. So confession number two. All right, here we go. It's my right to be completely free. Because Abraham's blessings are mine. I ought to be healed. Healing's part of the covenant. I'm under the covenant. Healing is mine. Healing belongs to me. It's my rightful possession. I have a right to be released. Satan, I demand my rights. Take your filthy hands off my body. Go now. In Jesus' name. Exodus 23, verse 25. So you shall serve the Lord your God, and he will bless your bread and water, and will take sickness away from the midst of thee. In fact, literally this is what God says. And I will take sickness away from the midst of you. New King James. Now, I like that. God says, I will. Do you know, I will, it is the strongest assertion that can be made in the English language. God's will is for you to be well. All right. So confession number three. Here we go. I will is the strongest assertion that can be made in the English language. God is speaking to me now. And he is saying, he is saying I, will I will take sickness away from the midst of you. He's watching over his word to perform it now. He is taking sickness away from the midst of me. I worship the Lord my God, who takes sickness away from the midst of me. Bye-bye sickness. The Lord is taking you away from the midst of me. Thank you, Father, for taking sickness away from me and doing what you said you would. In Jesus' name. All right, one more here. 
One more. The Lord is taking away from me all sickness. His word contains the ability to do what it says. His word will not return void, but accomplish what it's sent to do. The Lord is taking away from me all sickness and every trace of weakness and deficiency. Sickness is going out of me now. Thank you, Father. From take, for taking away from me, all sickness, like you said you would, in Jesus' name. 1 Peter 5, verse 8. Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, goes about like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. Resist him steadfast in the faith. In James 4, 7, submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Acts chapter 16, Paul and his company, it says they're in Macedonia. They've come as a result of a dream that, that Paul had. It says, now it happened as we went to prayer, a certain slave girl possessed by a spirit of divination met us. The Greek actually says it's a python spirit. And I think it's a great description of what Satan wants to do. Like a python wraps itself around a person or its prey and just keeps on tightening and tightening and tightening and tightening until it crushes. That's exactly what Satan wants to do. So it says she had this python spirit, a spirit of divination. She brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us, crying out, saying, These men are servants of the Most High God. They show you the way of salvation. She did this many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ, come out of her. Now, he didn't talk to the girl. He talked to the spirit. And it says he, the demon, came out that very hour. I remember years ago, we used to have uh, Lester Summerall come and speak at our church here. He's been probably with the Lord for close to 20 years. He tells about being in the... Uh, the islands of the South Pacific and was going in to preach a meeting. And as he was walking down the aisle, he said, a lady came up to him and said, he said, there is a black angel in you and there's a white angel in me. And he said, as soon as she said it, he said, he just sensed a demonic presence. He said, I just turned to her. He said, and I didn't talk to her. He said, I talk to the spirit. He said, I bind you in Jesus' name. He said, and I command you to come out of her. He said, she just fell down. He said, but when she did, every lost person that was in that, that room ran to the front, began to cry out for mercy from God. And this is what he said. He said, when the devil shows up, he says, you can't have victory unless you confront him. When the devil shows up, you can't have victory unless you confront him. Right? But when he shows up, you need to confront the devil. All right. Number five. If you're interested in the confessions that we're using tonight, all right, if you just go www.reslife.org slash healing, all, right, 
All of them are going to be there. You can download them. I know I've got them, you know, in, in like plexiglass. I carry them around with me in my, my briefcase. Confess them every day. So I just recommend, you know, do the same thing. All right. Number five, I refuse to give place to the devil. Sickness and disease are of the devil. I refuse to give place to sickness and disease. Satan, you cannot put this on my body. You can't, you can't, you can't. I say no and I mean no. No sickness, no plague comes to my night dwelling. You have the wrong address. I will not give you one inch. Satan, you have no place in my body. I belong to God. Sickness, you have no choice because I'm not giving you a choice. Get out now in Jesus' name. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Acts 14, verse 7. And there they were preaching the gospel. And in Lystra, there was a certain man without strength in his feet. He was sitting. A cripple from his mother's womb had never walked. This man heard Paul speaking. Paul, observing him intently and seeing he had faith to be healed, said with a loud voice, stand up straight on your feet. And he leaped and he walked. So Paul's preaching. Faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. And as Paul preaches... This man gets faith to be healed. And Paul looks at him and can tell that he has faith to be healed. All right. Now, here's my question. Does he have faith to be healed? The Bible says yes. Is he healed yet? No. So you can have faith to be healed and not be healed. You say, why? Because faith is an act. You always have to do something. There has to be a point where you stop saying, I'm going to get healed, and you say, I am healed. I am healed. So what Paul did, he observed this man. He said, he's got the faith to be healed, but I just got to get him to act in faith. So Paul said, stand up on your feet. And when Paul said that, he wasn't any better. But once he began, when he began to move, the healing power of God hit his body. All right. Now, with, with uh, Abraham, Abraham has been without children for decades. God changes his name to where his name literally means the father of a multitude. And he begins to confess that. And, and the Bible says this, Romans 4, verse 20. No unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God. But he grew strong in faith. He grew strong in faith as he gave glory to God. As he confessed what God said, he grew strong in faith. Right? Listen, there is a confession of faith, and there is a confession unto faith. Got that? You, you, you confess it, and faith comes. Faith comes. Faith comes. And once faith comes, you make a confession of. All right? But he grew strong. He grew strong in faith, giving glory to God. 
making that confession that God had given him. Mark chapter 5, verse 25. Now a certain woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years had suffered many things of many physicians. She had spent all that she had, was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I will be made well. Immediately, the fountain of her blood dried up. She felt in her body she was healed of the affliction. Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you? And you say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace. Be healed of your affliction. All right. Mark 5, woman. Confession. All right. Ready? Mark 5, woman. Her faith made her whole. My faith makes me whole. I have faith. I'm a believer. I believe I receive my healing. My faith makes me whole. The power that raised Christ from the dead is at work in me. My faith puts that power into active operation in my body. Disease has no chance to survive in my body. God's healing power is at work in me. That power is irresistible. It's greater than sickness and disease. It's flowing in me now. And it makes me whole. I believe I receive my healing. And my faith makes me whole. In Jesus' name. Mark 11. Jesus is staying at the house of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus and gets up in the morning, three-mile walk to Jerusalem. He comes up the Mount of Olives and begins to go down a little Kidron Valley, and then it's just a little ascent right up into the Temple Mount. But as he's on the way, he's hungry, and he sees a fig tree, and he goes over and looks for some figs, and he finds none. And he said, no one ever eat fruit of you again forever. Went to the the temple, preached, went back to Mary and Martha's house that night, spent the night, got up in the morning, going back to Jerusalem, walks by the tree, and the disciples see the tree. And they say, Jesus, look at the fig tree that you cursed. It has withered and it has died. Now, first of all, notice that... uh, They said Jesus cursed the fig tree. Jesus did not say, you blankety-blank tree. Jesus said, no one ever eat fruit of you again. In other words, when Jesus spoke negative words to the tree, they said, you cursed that tree. See, it, it is with words that you bless, and it's with words that you curse. And Jesus in Mark 11, 22 said to his disciples, have faith in God. He said, for verily... I say unto you that whosoever will say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart, but believe that those things which he saith will come to pass. He'll have whatsoever he saith. Now, when Jesus talks his disciples about faith, 
Because it's, it's her faith made her whole in Mark chapter 5. When he talks to his disciples about faith, he does something different than most of us would do. If somebody said to me, what about faith? Tell me about faith. Well, I might say, well, faith is trust. Faith is assurance. Faith is confidence. How many of you would say all of those are good? All right. But that's not what Jesus did. When Jesus' disciples ask him about faith, this is what Jesus says. Jesus, he says, whosoever will say. Whosoever will say. In other words, Jesus is saying faith works for whosoever will say. So all you need to do to be disqualified is keep your mouth shut. So I've been trying to get your mouth working tonight. All right? And this is, this is how you make your mouth work. Right? This is how you express faith. This is how you take the kingdom. The kingdom of God suffereth violence, and the violent take it by force. All right? The, literally, the only thing the devil understands is force. Right? You, you use your authority. You put that pressure on the devil. Surely I say to you that whosoever will say to this mountain, be removed. Cast in the sea, should not doubt in his heart. Believe those things which he saith will come to pass. He'll have whatsoever he saith. Now, again, Jesus said this works for who? Whosoever will say. This works for whosoever. Now, I know what we, we read this, and this is what we think. I mean, this is what we think. We think, well, that's Jesus. Of course that worked for him. He's God. We think that Jesus told his disciples, look, you see that? Talk to tree, it dies. That is a deity trick. I learned to do that in heaven. I can do that because I'm God. Now, you, you mere mortal, if you try to speak into trees or anything else, you're going to blow your lips off your face and it won't work. <laughs> but that is, the, that is the exact opposite of what Jesus said. Jesus said, verily, verily, truly, truly, I say to you, and, and you may have heard me say this before, but when Jesus starts his conversation with you with verily or truly, it means he's going to tell you the truth, but you won't believe it. You're going to say it can't be that way. It, it, there's got to be more to it. But Jesus said, truly, I tell you that whosoever will say to this mountain, be removed, be cast into the sea, shall not doubt in his heart. Believe those things which he saith will come to pass. He'll have whatsoever he saith. Confession number eight. Okay, here it is. According to the teachings of Jesus, I speak to the mountain. Name that sickness right now. Name it. And I command it to go. I order it to be removed. To move out of my body and disappear. I do not doubt in my heart. Because I am a believer. I will not be separated from this statement. It's being actualized because I do not stagger in my heart or entertain any doubt. I see the mountain of sickness disappear into the sea of God's mercy. One more confession. Here we go. Jesus has given me the keys to the kingdom of heaven. I have been given the right, the privilege, and the responsibility 
to exercise my authority as a believer. I release my authority as a believer with words of faith. I declare that sickness, name it, it's bound, it's unlawful, it's illegal, it's trespassing. I declare the door of divine healing and health is open. It's God's will for me to be well. I say yes to my health and healing. I declare yes to the will of heaven in my life. I shout no to what Jesus died to redeem me from. Healing is mine. Thank you, Lord, that you are the Lord who healeth me. In Jesus' name. Amen.